Danielle, you hot messes. I am so happy you are here with us today. Uh, Before we get to today's amazing guest, I want to ask a huge favor of you right off the bat. If you are enjoying our show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening so that we can keep this hot mess teacher express rolling down the tracks. Choo choo. All right. On to today's guest because I am literally bursting at the seams to have this conversation and share this conversation with you. I have had a teacher in middle school that was so passionate about literature. I think all of us can kind of maybe pinpoint someone in our life that just literature was their whole entire jam. (laughs) She would dramatically read poems and do every voice in a read aloud and also share her library full of her favorite books. Her love for books was infectious. And this person who is here today is that person for his students and me, like a thousand percent me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am being influenced by him very much. My Amazon cart is full of his recommendations. His love for every story and book he shares is powerful. I was literally perusing his Instagram feed and kept going to Amazon to put his suggestions into my Amazon cart because every title he suggests is the one that I need to have. I need it. He's also a teacher with the biggest and kindest heart who makes his students feel loved and appreciated and valued. He is an absolute treasure of a human with a treasure trove of a library in classroom full of love. Please welcome to the Hot Mess Teacher Express, Teaching with Mr. G, Juan Gonzalez. Oh my gosh, people are going to think I paid you for that intro. That was beautiful. Oh, I, I I'm, I'm waiting for your Venmo payment, so. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh my I'm goodness. So um, okay, first so, so off excited. the bat, like, how are you? How are you doing? Well, I think it's, um, it's very, it's perfect that I'm on the hot mess <laughs> podcast because even though I'm totally a hot mess but prior to years of teaching in COVID, um, it just feels really extra right now. Um, so, and I'm making a joke of it because so that's what I do. Like I like laughing at yep. when things are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in all honesty, it's hard. Um, I keep telling people that uh, what this school year feels like is like I'm in some type of mourning because when mm-hmm. this last school year ended, I taught both virtually and in person. And then when it was over, we thought, you know, we're going to come back next year. And it's going to be better. And we're going to laugh at this school year and not remember all of the hardships and mm-hmm. get back to the things that we love. And then summer felt hopeful. And then we got back and all of a sudden it's, it feels harder. It feels harder. It's not what I expected. And so I had to let go of this like this, this excitement and this dream that we could get back to some type of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for me, that is what I'm struggling with, kind of like letting go of that. And then now back again, figuring out this new way of teaching with, with a pandemic that's still here. Yeah. And it's still here. It's still present. I feel like this summer, it went away mentally for mm-hmm. a lot of people and it's still here especially yes. in schools because i feel like everybody is so like up and down with mandates whether or not like masks no masks quarantine no quarantine. like i literally don't know what the rules are anymore and 
Yeah. It must be just like a crazy roller coaster of a ride every day for for you in your classroom and school. And that's exactly it. And I think it's it looks different again and everywhere wherever you live and whatever school district you teach in. And it's in you you said it perfectly. It's like a roller coaster. It's like we don't know what's the protocol, what's okay, <laughs> what's not okay. Um, so yeah, it's back to like we had a system in place last year when we were teaching when the, the pandemic started and we stuck to it. And so it's weird to come back where we like threw everything to the wind, but then we're like piecemealing everything back into place. And it just, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 I, again, thank you so much for what you're doing every day to keep some sort of normalcy in your classroom. Um, I know that it's, I know that it's heartbreaking for you because you are such a huge like community in the classroom guy. And Mm -hmm. that, that must make it really hard for you to kind of create the, I'm going to use air quotes, normal classroom community when everything's changing. Yes, 100%. And also I had, I kind of had a leg up last year in that I looped with my students. So the students when the pandemic first hit, um, the ones where we were only together for half a year, I was in third grade and then. The, we did the weird like virtual thing. We went into summer <laughs> and then we went into our first full year. I looped up and went to fourth grade with them. And so the community was kind of already set there for me. I didn't have to Ooh, build new things. Yeah. We were excited to be back together. So I had that, that going for me. And so coming in this year, back I went back to third grade, whole new set of parents, whole new set of students. And now I've got to find my way back to like, okay, how do I do this? Because I got to jumpstart in and we're like, oh, we know each other. Let's like, Let's get back to what it was. And it felt good. And of course, we're learning and growing. But a whole new set of kids was a huge learning curve um, as we started. And then on top of that, you have kids being out on quarantine. You have, you know, very long periods while they're gone. And so we need that time together to to build that community. And, you know, you don't plan for that. You Even before the pandemic, absences in the beginning of the school year, at least for me and where I taught, were it was rare. It yeah. Would every so oh, often, yeah. But kids show in the beginning they were there. Yeah. And so you could set those systems in place. You could build those relationships. And now it's so rocky. And so I'm figuring it out as I go. We're five weeks in, and I'm still <laughs> there's. We haven't had a we haven't had everyone present in our class since the first week of school. That's how, yeah. And, oh. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the. And not so, only like are you dealing with pandemic, but also like weather stuff too. I know last week you yes. guys were out. <laughs> yes, we were out because of uh, Storm Nicholas, uh, because of all the rain. I'm down here uh, in the Houston area, and so that put us out for three days because oh. of um, power issues and flooding. And um, it was a, a welcome break <laughs> because <laughs> that, that's well, I'm being totally honest. Absol- like when that hey, the- thank you, Mother Nature. Yes. I was like, you know what? We need it. We need it. Let's take it. Let's hope like this is just like a couple trees get knocked over and everybody's fine. Yeah. Um, but we paid the price going back because it was, it was tough. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, I so, yeah, I so appreciate you being here. I know. <laughs> it no, is... I'm excited. <laughs> I want to say, like, I, you know, I've, I'm, it's, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's just, it's hard. It's been hard. It's not just this year, but the year before. 
But prior to all of this, like I really love being a teacher. And so being around teachers, talking about our teaching life, talking about what goes good, that fills me up. So even though it's not easy right now, um, I, I'm a big believer of like when you focus on the good, more of that will come. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm excited to be here because I know we're not just going to be downers, even though it's, um, it's been hard. Yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. There are there are bright spots in the journey. Mm-hmm. It it sucks sometimes, but yes. there are bright spots, and you, sir, are one of them. So let's talk about your teaching journey. Did you always mm-hmm. want to be a teacher? I, I love hearing back. I love hearing backstories about yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I still remember I was a junior in high school, and there was a we call it was called Trooper School, and it was where four and five year olds came in, and those who wanted to go into the teaching profession, they would have two class periods where you would develop lesson plans, you would cook snack, and you would get this feel for running a, a classroom in this daycare setting. And I, the opportunity was there because you had to be a senior to be able to do it. And I did it. And I was like, I remember like signing up for it and thinking like, I'm going to be a teacher. And prior to that, like I knew I wanted to go into like marketing. I thought I wanted to do like advertising. Like that's where my head was. And then when I did that, I was like, I love this. I, and I've always loved school. Even ever, ever since I was a kid, I've loved reading. I loved school. I loved the, the seasons of school, the ups and downs, the summer breaks. And so it's always like truly it's always been naturally in me to love the, this culture of being a teacher. Um, so, yeah, from the very beginning. So then I went to college, got my teaching degree. And then every job that I had, like I worked at summer camps, I worked at after school programs. I was just always in that world. And it, it, it fills me up. It's exciting. I love talking to kids. I think I like talking to kids more than I do adults. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. I just like their like honesty and their like view on the world and it helps me be better. Um, so yeah, teaching has always been the goal and I've done this long enough where there's been opportunities for me to coach or do other things. And I just, I'm, I don't want to leave it. I, I don't want to leave it. I love it. Oh, good. How long have you been teaching? I'm on year 12. Year 12. <sighs> Woohoo. I, uh-huh. when I, I, when I started saying like how long I've been teaching, um, you know, I, I taught for nine years and mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was like really <laughs> a long time, but I still felt like that young college graduate. Oh and <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yes. <laughs> At what point did the kids start making fun of me for being old? I <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for me, I'm in that process. Like it's starting to turn. For me. Like, the, <laughs> I think before I used to like get the jokes and stuff, and now I'm yeah, like, right? oh gosh, y'all! I, I'm, like, I'm oh, just no. who are yeah. you? Like, <laughs> I'm absorbing all of their like TikTok trends and like yes. stuff that they're trying. You know, getting those Gen Z recaps in because I I need to understand. I I need to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to turn into one of those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, your your passion is obviously mm-hmm. in books. I think mm-hmm. that's where like your your platform kind of started mm-hmm. was from your literature recommendations. So, do mm-hmm. you remember how that started, or like what was the first book that started it all? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I I remember like for me uh, in the beginning years, like figuring out who I was as a teacher all those things that I went through, 
And then all of a sudden there was like, uh, because I remember reading a lot of like teacher blogs and there was like communities out there where teachers were hanging out outside of their school building. And I didn't have that community in my school building. Like it was mm. a lot of people who um, were seasoned teachers. They um, had families. And so not, and not that that's a bad thing, but their culture was different. They knew how to treat it like a profession and get their things done and get to their life. And for me, I wanted to be more immersed in it. And so when it existed out there, I, I watched it and I knew for me, like I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't have a voice yet. I was too young as a teacher. I didn't know what I was truly doing. And then in the world of being in schools, you start to see like there's no perfect curriculum, right? There's no, mm-hmm. um, there's, it's always a challenge to find great content to teach students. But the one thing that we can invest in, the one things that are readily available because we don't even have to put our own investment in because we have libraries is books. And so when I, when that clicked for me as a teacher, like I've always loved reading, but when I started working with kids and I saw that wasn't the same for everyone and me piecemealing, like trying to figure out like, how can I get them to be as excited as I am? And then also that, that show them that this is more than just schoolwork. This is life work. You can connect to the world through, through literature. And when I saw that that wasn't happening and I saw that books are something we can all get to, that's what sparked it. I was like, well, I'm going to share books. I'm going to, I want to talk about books because that's something that everyone can have access to. And so then it just started me sharing like books that worked for me, books that made my kids excited, books that made me excited. And then it just kind of took off. And it's a really exciting place to be that I still get to do the profession that I love. And then I still have this community that I was searching for that I wanted to be a part of um, and welcomed me. And I get to hang out with teachers on social media, which is cool. (laughs) You, you do, you have some, you have some pretty cool people in your circle there. Mm -hmm. Brit, Brit, friend of the pod. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, she's she's this, one of my favorite this, human beings. I love, I love her. I am obsessed with her, <laughs> and I, you know she's an, a fantastic educator. She's a just all around great human. But like getting to know her on a personal level and how sarcastic and funny she is, yeah. Uh, people, I like. I feel lucky that I know it because it's so hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. I, she's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, there and Bethany to mm-hmm. bethany's gonna come on the pod um oh, awesome. i'm really excited to get to know her a little bit better and yeah. yeah so there's you're right like this this community is something really really special and yeah and i and you never i never thought that i would be making friends like in my adult life like i had <laughs> friends that i grew up with um and you know like, you, like once you make friends those are the people you stick with and you have like work friends but this idea that social media brought like friend friends like friends that i that I text every day, friends that I travel with. And um, so that's the beauty of it. It's really cool. Yeah. No, that's the, that's again, one of the rays of sunshine of social media mm-hmm. is this, yeah. this connection that we all get. Um, yeah. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but why are read aloud so important to a classroom? Oh, they're so important for so many different reasons. When you look at it on the academic side, Mm. we know that this is an ability for us to, um, for students, regardless of where they are on their reading journey, whether they're fluent readers or they're still developing, when they're sitting in a real world, you can truly develop, they can truly understand the content and you can see where their thinking is. And that's so hard sometimes when we are presenting grade level material to them and they can't access it. And so then we don't see their thinking. But to be able to know that that thinking is there and really we just need to build up their reading skills, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And then also conversations and being able to 
connect to them. I always say that like when I'm teaching, I'm teaching reading skills, but like the essential teaching reading and teaching literature is like teaching life. Mm. And so when we share stories, when we share things with students where they can see themselves or pieces of the world, um, I think that is what's most excited, exciting for me. And so when I'm reading aloud, I know that I'm doing so many things. I'm, I'm helping them develop an understanding of this world that we exist in. Mm-hmm. But then also I know that they have some content there where I can start to, when I, when I need to talk reading skills with them, um, I, they have access points and they have literature to do it with. So both academically and life, it's, it, it's a huge thing for, for growing readers or growing learners. Yeah, absolutely. And when, when you're talking about having those conversation with, with your kiddos, like, I think, what do you prefer? Do you prefer chapter books or picture books? What's your preference? Well, uh, (laughs) I love picture books. I know. I love love picture books because it's like, you can get through it in one sitting. Um, There's a lot of meat there that you can uh, get through. There's illustrations that you can dissect, Mm -hmm. which is, which is super important, but then taking them on a journey through a chapter book and, and falling in love with the character mm-hmm. and, and looking at multiple story plots and getting it to do that together as a reading community has its own special spot too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you have to look at your, your school schedule or your classroom schedule and know like, what do you have time for? So it doesn't fall to the back burner. Um, and so it's great that we have options that we can do it in one sitting with a picture book, but then we can do it and have a more deeper journey with, a chapter book. I love that answer. I love that answer. Um, (laughs) Because I felt like when I read aloud picture books to like specifically my fifth graders, a lot Mm -hmm. of them, their defenses went down. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't so necessarily intimidating because that was the age that, you know, we started to read bigger texts Mm -hmm. um, and the comprehension got a lot more intense and, Mm -hmm. So to watch them with a picture book take something apart without me insinuating or asking anything, mm-hmm. that was that was super special. But <laughs> there's something about reading chapter books to kids. Mm-hmm. And I I swear their screams and groans whenever you closed the book. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. If I could put that it, in a candle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd buy it all. Yeah. You live for those moments. You live for those moments. Yeah. Um, it's so exciting. And, and it just, it's like you said, two different experiences. You love them both. And as a teacher, you got to look at like, what can I do? What's a, what's doable in my teaching right now? Um, and know that it's both going to be beneficial and it's both going to be exciting. Um, but you're so right. The, the, what you were trying to bottle in that candle, mm-hmm. oh, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Um, so your, your passion for books is super infectious for me, like a grown adult woman. (laughs) (laughs) I, I cannot tell you on how many of your books, uh, how many of the books that you've recommended I have bought Mm -hmm. and I am obsessed with every single one. Um, so how, how do you take a student who's super resistant to reading mm-hmm. or just had like a bad experience with reading or just doesn't like it. How do you turn that student into a reader? Yeah, 
So I think what's so important is like, as regardless of like what you teach, I think as teachers, like it's important that we're readers, mm-hmm. right? Like even if you dress math and science, like we, we should mm-hmm. be readers so we can talk books with students. And when we show up with that excitement to want to talk about books, that's, that gets me in the gate. Like that, mm-hmm. they see like, okay, this guy really loves books. Like what is, what is he so excited about? And so I show up authentically. I show them what reading is because so many times when we don't talk about like what it means to have a reading life, kids just associate reading with school. And so for them, it's just like, oh, it's more schoolwork I have to do. They don't know the excitement that could be, that could come from learning more about fiction or learning more about the world through nonfiction. And so we have to show them that it's not just a school thing. It's a life thing that we do. But like I said, that gets you through the door, right? It gets them listening. But then it's a hard journey. There are some, I think as a teacher, what I had to realize is that it looks different for everybody. And that's what's messy about teaching reading and writing. <laughs> it's like with math, it's so finite. And here are the yeah. steps we need to do to get there. But with ELA, it's it's all over the place and everybody has different backgrounds. Yeah. And so then as a teacher, you have to get comfortable with saying, okay, these students are there, they're with me, and mm. then this one's going to need a little bit more, and then need a little bit more, and a little bit, sorry, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm knocking things down with my hands, I apologize. Um, so, and, and remembering that, that it doesn't look the same for every student, mm. and we cannot give up on it. And so when, I think that's when I've done my best work, is that when I have a challenging student who doesn't want to read, who has reading deficiencies and is, it doesn't have the confidence to believe in themselves as a reader. It's about not giving up on them and staying with them and be helping them see the, the, the fact that it is doable because mm. so many times when a student doesn't want to do it, there is a lack of confidence there. It's a, it's because there's something that they've built, like some type of coping mechanism mm. since they've got to you. And how do we break that off so they can want to do the work of being a reader? Because it's also hard. I mean, I'm a fluent reader, but also like sometimes I'm tired and I don't read and I should, you know, and I love doing it. And so we're asking these little growing learners of all the things that they do. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, wanting them to read. And we know that it takes focus. We know that it takes time. It takes thinking. And so building that in them um, is so important. And of course, I say all that, but in the reality of being a teacher, we also have all these things on top of us that we have to do. Right. And so it's 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 getting comfortable with managing both, knowing that it's like it's not going to look the same for anyone. So like celebrate those small goals like as they come, but at the end, the uh, the end goal of all the work that I do is for me is what I always told myself is like, are they better readers and writers since they left me? Mm. And when you think that way, it's a lot easier to just kind of like take a deep breath. And not have that overwhelming feeling that I know I had in the beginning where, where it's just hard. Teaching, reading, and writing is hard. It's it's overwhelming. You're right. Because everyone's at different mm-hmm. levels. and I. But I think you're, you're on the right frame of mind is when you let those students mm-hmm. go, the thought should be, are they better than when they came in? Are they, mm-hmm. are they more, are they even like open? <laughs> To the idea right. of literature. Right. Um, I think another thing that I wanted to ask you about, too, your, the diversity of mm-hmm. your, um, your suggestions that you have mm-hmm. I, is something that I have come to respect and learn so much from. Um, mm-hmm. And it was funny because I 
kind of did it in my fifth grade classroom. So I'm in New Hampshire, right? And mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of diversity up here. My my mm-hmm. kiddos don't see a whole lot of different cultures. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the books, one of the novel studies that we did was Esperanza Rising. And when mm-hmm. I read the back of the book, all of them were like, eh, no, right? I'm like, yeah, no, we right. we have to, like, I really want you guys mm-hmm. to read this story. And the way that they opened up to something that they were so turned off from mm-hmm. was absolutely, that was, that's another thing that I would love to put in a candle. <laughs> is, yeah, definitely. So the import, what is the importance of those diverse, um, those diverse titles that you, that you share with your class? Yeah. And, you know, it, for me, it came from this idea of like, so me, even as a brown man who grew up in a bilingual home, mm-hmm. who is closely connected to my Mexican culture, mm-hmm. I still had privilege in the sense of like, I grew up in the suburbs. I had a good family. I didn't, you know, I didn't deal like, of course, nothing's, sim- um, you know, nothing's perfect, but I had privilege in the sense of like, I went through life okay and Mm. i saw representation in my large family that was together and i you know i didn't have all of those things and so when i became a teacher and i started to realize like the world doesn't look like mine and no one told me that Mm -hmm. no one told me that the world didn't look like mine i just had this assumption that everyone had these things and we didn't talk about these things no one talked about um divorce no one talked about racism like Mm. all of these things weren't talked about Mm. and so then i grew up with this idea of like Everybody has, is similar to me. And I wasn't I wasn't unaware, but it just was like a huge shock when I realized like no one's talking about these things. Mm-hmm. No one talked to me about these things so I could be better prepared when I was working with students who had different backs, backgrounds in me, right. different cultures. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to understand them? And so for me, that was, that was the decide, like knowing that. And then I thought like, how do I do it? How do I know more about cultures? How do I expose myself to understand the world better? And that comes through life experience that comes through my own learning and, and, and doing the learning on my own. But then again, that's where the, the diverse literature is so important because mm-hmm. we need to expose them to the world, the things that they don't know anything about and get them. And I think also too here, sometimes like uh, as, as students, like we as grow, especially in elementary, like they're so, their world is so just about them. And when we when we share when we share just literature that's not about them that's different from what they know, <laughs> their world gets a little bit bigger, and we want mm-hmm. that for them. And so, so in that same way that I don't want my students to ever be in high school and think like, why didn't anyone talk to us about this? Why didn't I know the world was like this? Why right. why was everything the way that it is? And so, there's a lot of great literature out there that does it in a really easy way. And it's for me, it's not about um, putting like my opinions on anything. It's like, I just right. need to know all of this exists in the world. Right. I mean, it's a fact. It's not an opinion and like right. politics and mm-hmm. everything aside, like this is absolutely going on in our world and it needs to be talked right. about. And how are we preparing kids to have these conversations and to, um, to recognize that they are, pre- some of them are privileged and mm-hmm. how do we, how do we prepare them to be an advocate or to be a part of the conversation? And it's through mm-hmm. these, these books. And I think right, that's... Because it gives you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I, I... Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. But you're so... 
<laughs> You're so right. It's like it gives it gives them. I think it's like one of the reasons why we some conversations are hard for us is because we don't know. And mm. when we don't know something. It's like we want to like step away from right. it and figure it out and right. not like expose ourselves for not knowing things. But when you know, understand the world, and when you know things exist, it's a lot easier to just listen and know and not put up that defense that sometimes isn't ill intent, but sometimes that defense comes off wrong and it could like hurt people and you don't want to communicate with people in that way. Mm-hmm. I I love that the books that you are getting out there to your students are advocating for that. So thank yeah. you for being part of... <laughs> of my journey to to help my kids through that too so that's very cool and i always say because there are so many books out there Mm. to select i always narrow it down i call it the big three is this book going to help me teach content is it going to help me expose them to the world is it going to help them see themselves Mm. so when you're looking for books i want to make sure the things that i'm sharing are doing all three they're going to help me be a better teacher. They're going to help me help them access the content. They're going to help me show them a little piece of the world that they might not know about. And they're going to help me s- let them see themselves. I love it. Write that down, peeps. I love that. <laughs> <Word on. laughs> um, all right. So one of my one of my questions that I had was, how do you choose the books that, that you share? Oh. And <laughs> yeah. Can you say that again in case people did not have their pencil and paper ready? Yeah. So the big three, which is always running through my head, is can the book help me teach content? Can it help them expose them to the world, something in the world that they don't know anything about? Or can it rep- can it ex- can it represent them? Perfect. So representation of who, who you're teaching, giving them a glimpse of the world, and then helping you teach the content. Excellent. Thank you. Um, what have been some of the most popular books in your classroom? Uh, gosh, you know, it's so funny because it's like, sometimes I'll pull one out from a year before that. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to get the same reaction. <laughs> and then I read it and I'm like, why aren't you all hooting yeah, right? like I was expecting <laughs> what is happening here? And so that just kind of plays into like why reading instruction is so hard because people are just different. And you attach yourself to different things and you get excited about different things. Um, But usually like these books that you see on social, if you are on social media and you follow any uh, teachers or just uh, book accounts, if they're, if they're, if we're willing to like post it online, you know that there's something about it. That's great. Um, And for me uh, it's one book, like there's one book that has not, no matter how many times I've read it and shared it with students, it has always hit how I want it to. And it's The Wild Robot by Peter Brown. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop right now. Did we just... Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. We... Um, <laughs> this is this is an audio podcast, not a visual. So I'll yes. <laughs> we both have The Wild Robot with us right here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is the one, like it has, this one has not failed me. There's picture books that are great for some and others just think it's okay. Um, But this one, no matter how many times I've shared it, it hits exactly the same. Yep. The way they fall in love with the characters, the way that it wants, especially in third grade, like it helps Uh them start doing the deep thinking that I want them to do. The characters, the, uh, it's just everything, everything that you want in a story. And 
one of my favorites. And and I and I have a rule for myself that I don't share like the same chapter books because then it helps me like keep like learning more books because as teachers sometimes we can just stick to the ones yeah. that we want. And so I had I had retired the Wild Robot like I said that I was <laughs> I had other ones on the line and this year I was like I'm going back to Roz. <laughs> like I'm going I back. need Roz in and, my life. Y- yeah. Yes, I need Roz in my life. <laughs> Um, and it just, and it's, we're doing it now and it's exactly the same experience that I've had every time that I've read it, the engagement, the excitement, the, the, what we talked about, how kids like beg us to keep going. And and that's the best part about this is that Peter Brown, the author Mm -hmm. said that as a child, he never got through longer chapters. So when he writes, no, this was his first novel. When he wrote it, he wanted to have short chapters. So as a teacher, it's a dream because the chapters are, are doable um, but then it always leaves you wanting more. It's so, oh, so good. I, I would sometimes tell the kids like, all right, just like just two chapters today. And it's like mm-hmm. two pages long and they would be so yeah. mad. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. fine. We'll leave. We'll read a third. That's fine. Yeah. One more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, yes, absolutely. Okay. And any, like mm. any current, recommendations like what's new hot off the press that you're just loving right now i'm putting you on the spot (laughs) yeah no one i and i always like to think about because like the thing i always try to like you know when there's like a hot new like television show on netflix or hulu whatever like we talk about it we get excited Mm -hmm. about it and so i think like books need to have that same type of excitement that like water cooler talk about books (laughs) And I say that to say there's a book out called Night Books. I can't think of the, the author, but it's this really amazing story about a young boy who's running away from home who loves horror. And he's running away from home, but then he gets captured by a witch in his apartment complex. And in order to stay alive, he has to write scary stories for the witch. And on now he starts this journey of being trapped and writing. And then all of a sudden we get this backstory to Alex, who's the young boy who's trapped by the witch. And so it's like perfectly spooky. It's not too much that it's going to like send kids over the edge. And Netflix just dropped the movie last week. And so like, what a way to get your class excited about something spooky because we're in spooky season. <laughs> kids are into that. Um, and it's so engaging. The school, the, and I, that's what I loved about it. It's like right on the borderline of like being too creepy but enough that it's like, they're not going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> and so if you're a fan of horror, it's a perfect like introduction if they've never read horror. Um, so night books is definitely one I would recommend. And anytime you can like attach it because you know, there's a movie coming out um, that's yeah. instant buy-in for them to, to want to be a part of it. Yeah. And it's by J a white. If anybody. Yes. Wants. Thank you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have not heard of that. And in- that's going in my Amazon card as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> we enjoy it. Oh, it's so I'm good. so excited. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was, that was a genre that I always struggled with. Cause I had a couple of kids mm-hmm. who were like really into um, like scary horror, but mm-hmm. there's, there is like a really fine line mm-hmm. between cheesy and like way too scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what, and that's what I think they did so perfectly is that as the young boy writes the stories, then they become part of the story. So we're, so now we're handling two plots of he shares the story. So then we jump in and we get to hear the story and then we get to hear the reaction to the story. Oh. So it's this back and forth. That's really fun. Um, it's so good. Oh, and okay. I just, oh, and the character development is 
when you get to understand, so I told you that Alex was running away at the beginning of the book. You don't get to find out why until three fourths in. And so when you realize um, why he was running away and what horror really means to him and uh, it's oh, so good. Oh my gosh. I need it right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do one more question. Um, okay. What advice would you give for teachers trying to build their classroom libraries? My best advice is it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think we would love, you know, even if you are five years in and now you want to start building your classroom library, um, it takes time. And, uh, and also be wary of, of, of just because I know sometimes like teachers love to give books away, right? <laughs> like we don't want to throw them away. We want to donate them. And as teachers, when you're starting off or you want to build your library, you just take them in and know that it's not about quantity mm. it's really about quality mm -hmm. it is quality you want to really look at those books know that they if you're going to take the effort of putting it on your shelf and labeling it and having it part of your classroom make sure it's one that kids are going to pick up mm. the one that you're going to want to recommend but at the same time don't feel like you need to know all the books on your shelf um but just do the work of really just not throwing books on the shelf or really curating something that that is purposeful in your classroom and don't allow it, don't feel like it's an investment that you have to do all at once. Mm -hmm. um, Scholastic <laughs> is one of the best things in the world when it comes to points. Like right now, it's always the, it's always in August. You'll get the most points for the books that students buy. And you can instantly, like, I think what, that's one of the easiest ways I've been able to build my library is through Scholastic mm -hmm. points. So if that's something yep. that you have access to, and if, if, actual like investment investing into books is is hard is not something that's on your financial list because you know as teachers we do these things but sometimes it's not doable remember that public libraries exist mm -hmm. and i would always like and i would always have a bin that would say like and i would train my students to know like these books have to go back they're special i want i want that you can read them but they have to come here and so training them to understand like it's not just a regular classroom library book it's something that i borrowed and so that way you can bring in fresh titles and Ooh. not have to worry about um, the investment that comes with, with building a library. Yeah. I think that was one of the most important lessons that I learned specifically with just saying no to the hand-me-down books. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I mean, there were books on the classroom shelf that I inherited that were literally from 1960. Like no kid mm. had ever opened and it, like as hard as hard it is as it is, sometimes you just gotta let it go. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like let's figure out our project, right? And like, and it's, it's exactly. And what kid is gonna trust your book recommendations if that's what's? <laughs> yes, and it's and you don't judge a book by a cover, mm -hmm. but if the cover looks so old. <laughs> The kids are going to judge it and they're never going to touch it. <laughs> if it's it so smells true. like their great grandmother, then they're not going to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so true. All right. Are you ready for our game? Let's do it. Okay. I'm excited. I don't know what this is. All right. It is game of quotes. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give us a scenario. Okay. And we're okay. going to have a certain amount of time. It's going to be short because I don't want there to be this like awkward amount of dead silence to find yeah, yeah. a quote to best fill this scenario. So if, you, oh, okay. if you've okay. seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, it's kind of like scenes from the hat, but 
with a book. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we each have the same book. <laughs> did you? Okay. I cannot believe we did this. That's amazing. We both have the wild robot. Oh, I love the wild robot. Okay. All right. So I will give us, I'm going to, I'm going to even make it official. I'm going to even put a timer on here. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, let's do okay. that. All right. We'll have to like think on the spot. <laughs> All right. The first scenario is musicals that are destined to bomb on Broadway. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, mine that's destined to bomb on Broadway is the show titled "Fighting and Fighting and Disease and Famine." <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I think one. nobody's going to show up for that. No <laughs> one is going to show up for that. Mine is the geese flew in a disorganized jumble. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not buying that ticket. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Dangerous things to do while driving. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, this is <laughs> this one's hard. Uh, ignore her. It <laughs> <laughs> can be the GPS. It, is, it can be the road. It is hard to ignore yeah, people when you are the only one. There's nothing else to do. You're right. You are right. Um, <laughs> mine is he put his big chompers to work. So. <laughs> Eating and driving is that, not yes. a good idea. <laughs> Putting your choppers no, you to work please. is not a good idea. No, enjoy the food. <laughs> All right. Unusual <laughs> case for the FBI. Oh, unusual case for the FBI. All these scenarios are like true to life. So I like, know. It's truly bizarre. <laughs> I know. Okay, so mine is strange sounds were echoing from the far side of the pond. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mine is something similar. Steam hissed up through the smothering mound of snow. Ooh. So that's it. Ooh. Peter Brown <laughs> and his wordsmanship. Okay. Give it to me. <laughs> so good. Um. All right. Something to say when you meet the queen. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, uh, and it's like hard because you want to find something great. I know. Ideally, we could do this for like a minute, but yes. Okay, I got. <laughs> okay, one. go ahead. So, if I met the queen, I would say, "Ain't that the truth?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is. I do not understand you, bears. <laughs> Um, okay bad a bad wish to ask a genie in a bottle this one might be a little difficult (laughs) my wish is honk 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 (laughs) I was desperate okay there was nothing there (laughs) the genie would be like okay okay (laughs) 
Uh, okay. Try again. <laughs> Mine is give him some mashed up grass. <laughs> and once again, the genie would be like, uh, okay. <laughs> who? Who, who gets. <laughs> Alright. Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> if you ever meet a genie, that must be your first wish. Yeah. Um, Alright, the last one. Okay. A phrase to describe. Your school year so far. Oh, oh. A, um, a phrase that will describe my school year is Rockmouth just flicked his tail in a way that meant, Will someone please take me home? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think I can't beat it. So that is the perfect way. To end that game. Thank you for playing with me. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. And the teacher, the teacher brain in me is like, why have I not played this I, with kids? So I, I found that game on TikTok and I'm like, oh, I just want to get into of a classroom course. and do this with kids. Yeah. Oh, it would be so fun. So yeah, if you haven't, yes. if you haven't played that one, I feel like you're going to have to report back and tell me how it, how it goes. Right, we'll do it tomorrow's <laughs> Friday, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing your wisdom. I, I just, I love the insights that you have and the joy that you seriously bring to every room that you're in. And I feel like I got a little front row seat into your, into your process and passion. Cool. And I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for asking me to be here and chat with me. This was cool. Thank you. Thank Yay, you. Thank you. Hot messes. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and your journey with me and with each other. Please do not forget to follow us on social media. We are at hot mess underscore teacher express on Instagram and Facebook. And please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever the hot mess teacher express finds you today. All right. Until next time. Bye.